Thursday, everybody. It is the Bill Michaels Show. No Bill today. I am Ben Kenny. Joining me, my associate, Mr. Grant Bills. Grant, hello today. Hello, Ben Kenny. What's up, man? How are you? I'm not doing well for obvious reasons. Your comment on the morning show this morning when you just stated there weren't any hits. And that's all that you said. I got a kick out of that. There were no hits last night. Yeah, the Astros beat the Philly series tied 2-2. No one here cares about it. Uh, Packers-Lions, Grant. I Listen, big day today. There's going to be Wait. a lot of trade deadline chatter. Rodgers responded to it. We'll play some of what he had to say yesterday and react to it. We'll get to that throughout the show today. Where the roster stands. How the team moves forward. They're 3-5. and five, No moves at the deadline. But I woke up today with a thought. As I normally did, I, I must say uh-huh. the clouds driving into work today were gorgeous here in Madison, Wisconsin, uh-huh. like nice. prime lighting hours. And it does suck that it's dark out now when I drive into work. Anyway, yeah. Uh, as I was driving, the sun was coming up. I had a thought. So okay. this is where we're going to start today, and we will expand as the show continues. I feel like this weekend, a 1-6 Lions team that just fired their secondary coach, a, a team that kind of is as the Lions have always been, you know, they'll lose a lot of close games. They'll score. They'll think maybe that they're feisty and then end up losing. This feels to me like the week where we truly learn what this Packers defense has. There obviously were no deadline additions to said defense, and it has really underwhelmed for much of this season. But you go back, like there's the whole thing with not playing aggressive enough. There was the Giants game. The Jets game got bad because the offense couldn't sustain any drives. And then you go into the Washington game. They play more aggressive. But in the end, Taylor Heineke and Terry McLaurin were able to seal that game. And the Packers offense couldn't really muster anything in the second half. Then you move into Buffalo and Josh Allen has his way. I think Packers pressured him like 40% of the time, which is quite high. They played an okay game. Josh Allen made a lot of plays and they came up with huge plays and big spots. But you go to the second half of that contest. The Bills score only three points. The Packers come away with two interceptions. Is it Allen playing a little reckless because the team was up big? Probably something there. But overall, like you feel there might be momentum there after that contest. So you have a defense that I don't know, has shown a little bit of minor life, especially given the scheme and the aggressiveness, you also have an offense on this Packers team that cannot play from behind, right? When they get down seven points, 10 points, 14 points, we saw it in the second half against the bills. They ran the ball and ran the ball and they had some success. Didn't uh, obviously do enough to bring them back in the game, struggled on fourth down, all that stuff. But it's an offense that I think can play well when the team is ahead. We just haven't really seen that in the second half when really the whole team is melted down. But you see Rodgers saying it feels like the Packers again. I, I don't know. There's like a little bit of juice inside the offensive room after the second half in Buffalo. Maybe LaFleur will commit to running the football uh, for once or I guess to continue what we saw last weekend. But the Lions average 24 points per game. They have playmakers all over. They have guys, if the ball's in their hand, they can make explosive plays. I And you have Jared Goff who puts the ball in harm's way. And if you pressure him, I mean, he's quite bad if we're being honest. So Grant, this feels to me like the weekend, like a do or die weekend, like the time where we see what this Packers defense truly is. Cause if they come out and they play really well, the team wins, get back to four and five. Maybe you could build on it. If they don't, yeah. then the season really feels over. Well, in the big picture, they've lost four in a row. 
And I know Packers fans aren't used to losing games, but you can't really lose five in a row, which is what I thought last week and the week before. But yeah, this is a do or die weekend for a million different reasons. I love the defense angle. I brought this up on the Bill Michaels huddle last night. I said, Bill, if the Packers defense gives up 35 this Sunday to a team that just dealt Hawkinson, right? I tried to look up whether DeAndre Swift was healthy or not on Twitter, but it's all Taylor Swift. So I couldn't cut through the, the Swifty <laughs> tweets. So that's, I'll have to dig deeper into what his status is. But Detroit's not in a good place right now. As you mentioned, they just fired some coaches. If the defense gives up 30, 35 this weekend and the Packers lose, that's it. And I think an extension of, of the point that you made and something that I want to add, and I said this on my show yesterday, if Matt LaFleur's defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, gives up 35 and they lose this weekend, he's got to fire Joe Barry or he's going to lose his entire team because there's already some grumblings. Rob Domofsky wrote about it. Some guys are unhappy with the scheme, unhappy with the coaching. This is the weekend it has to happen for the defense. And if it doesn't, I mean, it means a million different bad things because the Packers have lost five in a row and then they have the Eagles, the Cowboys coming up. But if it goes poorly this weekend, I think that's it for the season. And Matt LaFleur has to fire Joe Barry. I think there's a lot of sliding door moments this weekend if the defense doesn't play well. It's a huge game for the defense. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you talk about infusing life. And there, there are ways to infuse life, one of which is bringing in players at the trade deadline, which the team did not do. And we'll hear Rodgers, uh, GM front office guy Rodgers, we'll hear his response to that. Honestly, to preface it, that's coming up at 11. I agree with almost everything he said yesterday. I, I find myself resonating with a lot of his words about where the yeah. team stands and how to react to the deadline. But I'm with you. You look across the unit. I mean, it's a cornerback room that has really underperformed, given what we mm-hmm. expected. Part of that early in the season, likely scheme, they're playing off. And Jair, I mean, unbelievable man coverage guy. Stokes has struggled. But even like you just feel like the players are not in the best position to succeed a lot of times. You have Rasul Douglas guarding Stephon Diggs and man. Rasul Douglas, like we saw him last year, he is terrific in zone coverage. And he has been, I mean, for his entire career, up and down. He hasn't been a top of the line corner. Had a great season last year. And now it's kind of crashed to earth. You could say the same about Devondre Campbell. It, it's a unit where players, we had sky high expectations and pretty much they're all falling short of it. You can put Darnell Savage Jr. in that group as well. Oh. Where Sometimes it's even not the scheme. Sometimes the play is there to be made and they can't do it. And I guess it's the Lions are a good matchup for me this weekend because it's a team the Packers should beat. They're one in six. Jared Goff is a quarterback who's fine, but he's not going to kill you with his legs. If you pressure him, he is quite poor. But you look across yeah. that offense, even if Swift doesn't play, Jamal Williams has been really good this year. Amon Ross and Brown him. is awesome. So, like, they have dudes on that offense that could beat you with the ball in their hands. So it's a true, like, are you going to step up or are you not going to do it, right? Like, yeah. even the Buffalo game, like, I can't expect them to go into Buffalo and shut down Josh Allen. That's a really, really tough ask. But this, I think, given where the team stands, like this is it for the defense. 877-867-1670. That is how you join the show today. There's a Twitter poll up at Benzie Kenny. He's also at Wisco Grant if you want to find him. Is this the make or break week for the Packers defense? 75% so far say yes. 25% say no. It's also, Grant, something I, I shared with you this morning. Midway through the Milwaukee Brewers season, I right after the trade deadline, there was so much made similar uh, to Packers land. Should they or should they not 
at a bat, uh, should they add at the deadline? Stearns obviously sells, and that's another story. Uh, but going forward there, it wasn't the offense that I was focusing on for the rest of that season. It was the bullpen. If yeah. the bullpen was able to pitch to a two, a, a three ERA, even a three five, the Brewers would have made the playoffs. The Phillies yeah. wouldn't. And Don't we, melt down. We'd be in a much different situation. Uh, the bullpen was uh, utterly terrible over the last two months of the season. For me, the Packers situation is very similar. And maybe I, I just felt some juice from the offense, and Roger says they feel like the Packers, and Samori Torre is breaking routes and scoring touchdowns, and they're running the Your ball, guy. and Bakhtiari's playing well. Maybe I, I'm a little bit optimistic about the offense having a little bit of juice after a lot of struggles, but what will dictate whether the Packers make the playoffs this season? It's not, to me, what the wide receiving core looks like. It's can this defense actually put it together? Because no matter yeah. how great Rodgers plays and what Samori Torre can do, you could get into it. If you get into shootouts with the Lions, there's no way you're beating really any of the class. The Niners, even though they're 4-4, four and four, the Eagles, even the Vikings, the Cowboys, you're not beating those teams in the playoffs if your defense cannot actually help out Rodgers. You mentioned a couple minutes ago that you've been really on the same wavelength with everything Rodgers has said this week. I agree. I've agreed with just about everything that I've heard Rodgers say. I didn't watch his whole McAfee hit, and I didn't really watch his entire Wednesday press conference yesterday, but everything I read, I liked. And his post-game presser on Sunday, I thought he made a great point. He's like, yeah, defense hasn't been amazing, but we got to help them out a little bit too. We got to start a little faster and not put them in a hole, which I agree with. I think this weekend is going to be a great matchup for the defense. Like you said, if you pressure Jared Goff, you will win, right? Like last weekend, they pressured Josh Allen on 40% of his dropbacks. 166 of his passing yards came with pressure. That's just Josh Allen being really good. And Peter Bukowski, who's been much talked about, tweeted a couple of things about that. that I reference <laughs> right now, right? But if they do the same thing, if they apply those same principles against Detroit on Sunday, they should look much better right in the football game should go their way. So I think this Sunday versus the Lions, great matchup, great opportunity. A lot of things coming together for the defense to put it together. 877-867-1670. You want to join the show. That's how you do it. Have some callers on hold. We'll get to you next segment. No calls in the first segment. Five minutes from now, we will open the phones. Get your thoughts on Packers versus Lions. Packers three and a half point favorites on the road. Bill and I have picks coming up in the 12 o'clock hour today. I, I have received his selections and I... I, I'm not going to say I like the Lions with more than a field goal at home, but we'll get to that point wow. later on in the show. I will elaborate on all of that. A lot of good stuff to come today. Great. You also look at the rest of the Packers schedule. I mean, we've kind of said that the last however many games were turning point games. Mine is Buffalo because yeah. it was unfair to expect them to go in and win that game. But yeah. we said, ah, oh, the Jets are a turning point. They lost to the Giants. It'll be okay. We saw the Commanders as a get-right spot. That didn't happen. It's kind of a week-to-week doing talk radio, talking about the football team all the time where you get into that cycle. But truly, this Lions game is. I mean it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not just us. Jair said it. Jair said it in London. He's like, hey, if we lose to the Jets next week, I'll be concerned. And now here we are you know, two losses later, including one to Taylor Heineke and a really bummy commanders team. So I don't think it's just us on sports talk radio being obnoxious. Like the last couple of weeks have all been turning points. Uh, Again, it's not even about the lions. It's not about the upcoming schedule. I just don't know if you can lose five games in a row at any point in your schedule and still be a competitive contending team. That, That seems like a 
seems like a good rule of thumb. You lose five in a row. I'm kind of out on you. Like that just seems like a good rule. It's it's an arbitrary number. Don't get me wrong, but lose five in a row. That's tough. Yep. And it's not getting easier. They welcome in Big Mike and company November 13th, which you know, those guys are going to play for Mike McCarthy. We saw it with Bielema that his players are going to want to get him that win. Yeah. And you wonder what state the Packers will be in, especially defensively. Like you mentioned, a lot rides on this weekend because if the Lions put a boatload up on them and then big Mike comes into town and runs the football and, and really beats him up inside, like, uh, you wonder how bad it could get with this weekend could turn it all right. Cause if they come out of this with confidence, they hold them to 14, 20 points, whatever, just not a lot of offensive dominance and game control from Detroit, a bad Detroit team. I will note they're okay on offense, but they have the worst defense yeah. in football. So if the Packers defense can do anything on Sunday, you expect them to win the game. But if the Packers come out with confidence, then that Cowboys game looks a little different. Then you look forward I mean, Derrick Henry is flying out of his mind. I just, I, I have nightmares about him coming into Lambeau and going for like 240 because. Yeah, but we, we thought that two years ago and they, they really bottled him up. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't but have nightmares about Derrick Henry. That team could tackle. Whoa. Well, that, okay. If that Packers team could tackle, then it's the only Packers team in my life that's ever been able to tackle. The bar is very low for this Packers team. That's fair. The matchup Although that of, team was the best of the Matt LaFleur era, totally. The matchup of of Derrick Henry, a, a guy that breaks the infinite tackles with two inside linebackers that are playing below expectations this season with one of the two safeties struggling in the tackling department. That just, it, it doesn't bode great. And no. a Tannehill won't beat you. Maybe it'll be Malik Willis, who knows. Uh, but then they go to Philly. I mean, that's, let's be honest, it's going to be a pretty tough one given how that team is playing on both sides of the ball and at Sunday night. And then I, they probably will beat the Bears anyway, but down the stretch of the year, the Dolphins are explosive. The Rams, I think they kind of stink, but they're the I Rams. They have good players. And then they host the Vikings and they host the Lions. Kind of feels like a Wisconsin Badger proposition here. Like a run is there to be made. Find but, the path. Outline the path. Yeah. It also could be not great. All right, 877-867-1670. Where are you at with this game this weekend? Packers three-and-a-half-point favorites in Detroit against the Lions. A lot more to come today. We'll take your phone calls when we return. We'll talk more about this contest. What we need to see on Sunday, what does it mean to me and Grant both? This is the turning point for the defense. This is the do-or-die contest for the unit. If they're going to turn it around, it better start on Sunday. 877-867-1670. That is Mr. Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. In for Bill Michaels today. More coming up. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right. Welcome back. It is a Thursday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Grant Bills in for Bill today. Bill will be back tomorrow. 877-867-1670. It's how you get a hold of the program. Packers Lions Sunday. Packers three and a half point favorites. Much of the talk about the Packers defense. Is this a matchup where you must see Joe Barry's group pretty much dominate, play better, turn it around, give the team a chance to win? 
What will be the fallout if it does not happen? Twitter pulls up at Ben Z. Kenny along those lines. We'll get back to the phones here in a minute, but Grant, uh, welcome into the rest of the network joining us. Grant, I wanted to get back to what one of our callers, Ben, said in the last hour. He was talking about the offense not staying on the field. And yeah. when you look up and down this football team, they clearly have a lot of things that have plagued them, right? Like the story of each game has been a microcosm of all of the struggles on both sides of the ball. You look at the Jets game, 100% the defense wore down. It was what, 3 nothing at halftime, 0-0 zero, zero at halftime. Mm-hmm. The defense wore down. The Jets ran all over them. That was the offense not mustering anything all afternoon. The Giants game, kind of similar. Second half, the offense couldn't stay on the field. The Giants made adjustments, drove down the field, ended up taking the game. You could say kind of the same about the Commanders game. The offense being unable to score, being unable to move the football consistently really plagued the team, 100%. That has probably been the biggest issue when you look how the two units balance each other and play off each other. The offensive struggles have been the story of this season for the Packers. However, the Detroit matchup, as we mentioned last hour, to start the show, is one that leads me to believe worst defense in the league, Aaron Rodgers will have success. I I feel confident saying that. Like, this defense is terrible that they're playing, which will then lead to, okay, the Packers might get up 7-0. Well, does the defense give up two straight touchdowns after that? How does the other unit respond where this matchup on paper, Packers going into Detroit, just leads me to look at the defensive side of the football and say, all right, this is it. This is the time to turn it around. If you're going to become dominant, start today. Yeah, and I was talking about this the other day in a Twitter space with a big fan of ours, LaCroix Butler on Twitter. Uh, You might know him, Ben. He loves when we host the show. We were talking about, Roger said this the other night, the offense does have to start faster. And I liked that Rodgers talked about that on Sunday night in his postgame presser. Make it a little bit easier on the defense. Allow the pass rushers to get downhill. Absolutely. And Ben, you talked about how the offense has been underwhelming in a lot of these games too. But the offense wasn't given a couple of draft picks and a couple of high-priced free agents this offseason. You know? Like the expectations for the offense and the defense were very different. Both units have underwhelmed in their own way. But we expected the offense to underwhelm a little bit. The defense wasn't supposed to. I need to find the tweet. I I need to go through player by player. Okay. First round pick. All pro. Here it is. Your Packers defense, Grant Bills. Hit me. Six first round picks. Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, Jair, Quay Walker, Darnell Savage. A 2021 first team all pro in Devondre Campbell. A 2021 Pro Pro Bowl alternate in Rasul Douglas. A solid safety supposed to play well, a couple other defensive linemen. I mean, a a unit that has been invested in heavily over the years. I'm not even talking about, what, Josh Jackson, the corner that they drafted in the oh. second round, who I think I saw have two pick sixes in a game in Camp Randall years ago. I was anyway. there for that game. Does Josh Jackson go in the second round if not for Alex Hornibrook? Embrace debate. We'll do that next hour. Yeah, uh, no, the answer to that. But, I mean, all everything that has been invested in this defense – where even when the offense struggles, you expect at the least they'd be able to hold it together. And that hasn't happened. So, I mean, the script of this game could look a lot like it did in against New York, where the offense gets out hot, 20 points in the first half, and maybe they struggle in the second half. They've done it all season. Yeah. But the defense is going to need to not do what it did in that London game if the Packers are going to win. 
That's where I'm at. 877-DEEP-PRESS. 867-1670. James is in Green Bay. James, thanks for holding on, man. What's up? Hey, no problem. I got one point about the Packers, and is it okay if I make a point about Coach Leonard of the Badgers? Oh, 100%. I always... I, I don't want to lead the show doing this, but if anyone wants to come here and talk about the Badgers, you could get me going for hours on that. And it wouldn't be great for ratings, but I would do it. So, yes, short answer, okay. I always welcome Leonard talk. Okay, so the first point about the Packers is you weren't necessarily making a trade to put you over the top this year. You're looking to make a trade into the future. So if, if you think Claypool or Judy or whoever you were trying to get, Hockenstein or whoever it was, is somebody that can fit into your offense for the future. Controllable the young talent. That's the uh, David Stearns method. Years yeah, of control. That's, that's, right. That's what you want. And, you know, again, they, they're really, they really overvalue those draft picks. So that second, third, fourth round draft pick, you don't want to give up for a proven guy like Claypool or Judy or Hockenstein or whoever. It just boggles my mind. Like they might have to get past that, uh, the way they do business but and then my badger talk is just this like like where do we want the badgers to go like what do we want them to do do we want them to compete with a team like ohio state and michigan year after year after year i mean i like jim leonard he's proven himself as a defensive coordinator he's i won't say proven himself as the first couple games as coach but he's had success uh he has a pedigree in the nfl don't say who i think you're gonna say do it i'm gonna say it do it. Deion Sanders. Oh, go God. for Deion oh, Sanders. Even better. Go get a big-name coach. <laughs> go get a big-name guy, Hall of Fame guy that can attract top talent here, and, and go for it. Go. What's wrong if you take your swing at Ohio State or Michigan? You're not going to take your swing with Jim Leonard. Yeah, you might have a year where you're 10-2 and two or whatever it is, and with the playoffs expanding, you'll make the playoffs. But take your swing with Deion Sanders. What's wrong with that? I'd like to hear your comments on that. I got you. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. Uh, I love coaching hot stove talk in college football because it's amazing. It's It's different than the NFL because when coaches move in the NFL, they're going from commercialized, uh, suited up, buttoned up organization to other commercialized, buttoned up organization. In college football, you are talking about chaos. You are talking about Brian Harson of Auburn being paid $40 million not to coach. The Auburn Tigers, granted, in the last three years, have paid $54,000 per day in buyouts to their two previous coaches. Per day, in three years. Every single day, they're still paying off these guys because they fire them. Anyway, why do I not want Deion Sanders? Sweater vest guy, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Sorry Uh, to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, he's at UCF now. Actually, doing pretty well. The Bounce House is what they call their stadium down in Orlando. Why do I not want Deion Sanders to be the coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? Number one, can he attract top talent? Yes. Would that top talent ever come to the state of Wisconsin? No, because it is cold. To put it very simply, like, let's think about it. If he goes to Auburn, you're in the South. You stay in Florida. There's a reason Wisconsin is unable to go into recruiting hotbeds in Georgia and Florida and get all the five-star kids. It's just going up north and playing when it's colder it's a different cultural thing when it comes to the weather, comes to the playing style, right? So, and then it's also a, a fit thing where, yes, do I think he can succeed probably anywhere. He's Deion Sanders, uh, the anti-Urban Meyer, I guess, 
where Urban Meyer will fail everywhere he goes, starting now. Not going back to Ohio State where he had success. Deion Sanders might be the opposite, but you can't, just... you can't get away from who you are in college football. Once you start to get your identity and throw it in the trash like they did, kind of with Gary Anderson going outside the building, it does not end well. That is all I will say on Deion Sanders. I just can't imagine Deion Sanders driving up north to Grantsburg to recruit one of the Chanel brothers or like driving to Kadat going to recruit this offensive lineman. I'd pay to just watch it. That sounds funny to me. I know it wouldn't work well. I'm not going to talk about coaching hires, obviously with the level of detail that Mr. Kenny can hear. I think fits so important for Wisconsin. And I think Jim Leonard, well, Jim Leonard lived up there. He can go recruit top players all over the state. I Dude, just love getting been going about potential. Jim Leonard coaching. is Wisconsin. Exactly. Like I can't get why ever, people have you ever are, been to Tony, the home of Jim Leonard. I've heard a lot about it. I have not been, but well, you should, many you people were unhappy with Paul Christ because uh, things were stale. They started losing a bit. Recruiting fell. He obviously is not the most outward going person to the media and the public. Do you know who the opposite of all that is? Jim Leonard. Yeah. Like, come on. If you want a guy to go schmooze up with boosters and do press conferences, Jim Leonard will do it. There is not one thing he has done in his professional career that he has failed at. He walked on to Wisconsin, All-American, goes to the NFL, sticks around for eight, nine years. Defensive coordinator, terrific, best in the country. Like, Let's not overthink this, people. 877-867-1670. Wyatt's in Green Bay. Wyatt, what's up? Hey guys, just wanted to uh, bring up two things here. So first off, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I think the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers should have been out a while ago. Joe Barry. I mean, we got guys, you know, on third short, uh, third down and short and our defensive, uh, our cornerbacks are lined up in Ann Arbor waiting for the pass to come off and they just stroll right up, grab the first down, keep the drive going. Uh, And then the next thing, uh, I think uh, Toure, he's got uh, that's a big brain football guy right there. I mean, yeah, uh, a young guy like that getting open like he was, you know, for that touchdown, man, that's good stuff right there. We need to get that ball, that guy, the ball more. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers will once you break off a route and do an off schedule play for Rodgers, you know, damn well, he's going to get you back on the field and throw you the ball constantly. Yeah, you get open deep like that, he can get it to you, man. Just get open downfield. And I don't know why it's so hard for a lot of these guys to understand that. Torrey did it on his second play in with the first string. Well, I will say him in college, for those that obsess over Nebraska football like I do, Adrian Martinez is the perfect quarterback to learn how to catch balls from an all-time great. Continue. For sure. That was a joke because he kind of sucked. I would, uh, I mean, I, I just wanted to bring up those two points. The defense, man, just them giving up that much space in between the receivers and waiting for them to catch the ball just really irritates me on like third down and short. Or if it's even third down and 10, they line up, you know, 12 yards off the receiver. Receiver just strolls right up and gets the t- uh, first down. Yep. Yeah. And they have the personnel to, to play press, they have the personnel to get aggressive. And they've done yeah. it a bit and they've gotten burned a couple times. Washington, yeah, late I mean, in game, and Buffalo. Part of that is you chalk that up like Terry McLaurin made some great plays. But also in Buffalo, you have Rasul Douglas on Stephon Diggs, not Jair Alexander. Rasul Douglas is not your best man corner. He's their best receiver. Why is it so hard to put your multi-multi highest paid million dollar quarterback corner on their best receiver? I don't get it. Yeah. 
I mean, and I think they, I mean, I agree. Put, put, put Jair on the best guy all game, but I mean, get up there and play aggressive, have them knock them off their route, mess up the timing, something. Don't just let them walk out 10 yards and get a catch, you know? Yep. For sure. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for listening. Eight, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670, man. I'm, I'm worked up about Deion Sanders. It's like Urban Meyer is one thing, you know, he's coached in the big 10. He's had success. He's and big noon kickoff. Obviously the anti-culture fit for everything Wisconsin stands for. And he was brought up a lot. Um, but I don't know Uh, the the Dion thing, Dion at Auburn. That's what you should look out for. Cause that's a fit that could work and it could be really fun for the sport. I thought the lane train was headed to Auburn. The the rumors has, has the chatter that I've seen not been true. What are you reading message boards? Well, look, I, you guys don't give me any credit as a college football fan. I follow Lane Kiffin on Twitter. <laughs> I'm up to date on these things. I'm abreast of coaching movement in the SEC. What do you want from me? I see. I see it. What did you say two weeks ago when Wisconsin was entering by that I didn't hear oh. on your show? God, I don't remember. Yeah. Eight, Last seven. week, I, I forgot they were on by. That's all. Now I see what you're asking. Someone called me out, Grant, last Saturday because Wisconsin was on by. I got out on the golf course at 820 in the morning so I could catch the second half of Penn State, Ohio State, watch all of Northwestern Iowa, and then catch, I forget what the night, oh, Michigan, Michigan State at night. People called me out for being a casual, for not being there from the start. See Gus Johnson's intro to Fox Big Noon kickoff. Best time slot in college football. Well, you have your cohort, Zach Heilprin, locked away in what looked to be the basement beneath his basement. It looks like the sun <laughs> has never touched that space. And he's got four TVs, and he's sitting down there in the pitch black just grinding all these other college games. So I don't think it's a you problem. I think by comparison, you looked like a casual next to Zach because you were out on the course, and Zach was, you know, working on his craft. Yeah. Um, no comment. Yeah. I played well. What can I say? 877-867-1670. Let's go to John. John, what's up? John. Hey, you guys. Yeah, quickly just talking NFL trade line. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, and I, I just jumped on, but it is, I mean, I'm probably at about seven, eight years. I mean, nobody, as a Packer fan, you, you can't be surprised. But it does go back to, don't just, I mean, this is how I feel probably since 15, post-Bostic, was, you know, the, the organization, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, organizationally, there is a contentment with just having some relevance, you know? And I say that just based on, I mean, I guess I always go back to missing out on Moss. Could have had Randy for Favre last year. That was, that would have been an easy fit. Um, could have had Marshawn Lynch for like a fourth rounder. Just yeah. So it's kind of organizational. And throw this in there in 16, we, you know, we get to the NFC championship. We got spanked by the Falcons. That was a year where Gunter was our number one cornerback. And that oh. was like shield went down. And that was a year where there was a guy, I think he went to the Steelers. Anyway, at the trade deadline, to not get a corner and just leave Gunter out there and then just get smoked in an NFC championship with Julio Jones against Gunter, it was just kind of embarrassing. But, I'm at, again, I'm at about seven years of the organization just feeling like, let's keep our relevance, but let's just, you know, keep, and keep that status quo. And that's just the reality as fans. It's, and it'll be, a, you know, another reason why Rodgers never got to a Super Bowl on top of his, you know, big contracts every year so mathematically they never were going to anyway based on his numbers but you know it's just kind of an organizational thing and there's a there's just a contentment i mean that's how i see it so you can't get you know feathers riled up because it's it's a reality and it's a year-to-year thing where they're just content with that am i wrong or what do you guys think 
No, I don't think you're wrong. I talked about this on my show last night, John. I don't even think it's about okay. the trade deadline on uh, Tuesday or whatever uh, the deadline was. Yeah. I think it's right. they didn't go for Marshawn Lynch, like you said. They didn't try for Randy Moss. <laughs> they didn't try for Tony Gonzalez, right? One of these years, try it. Not every year. We're not yeah. asking for every year. Yeah. Not every year go all in, but none of these guys has ever tickled your fancy. That's, but, I think, what frustrates me and so many <laughs> Packers fans like you. But Grant, Jimmy Graham. Oh, that's yeah, not, he's already old at that point. Yeah, that's old. not the same. Sorry, that was Wasn't a joke. He, was he a free agent? Yeah. He was. He was. Hey. That's right. That was mid. Yeah. That was, yeah, off off season. But, I mean, don't you think it's this, too? I mean, it's it's just a, the decision to be fiscally sound over Super Bowl bound. Well, I didn't mean to rhyme there, but it just kind of happened. But wow. that's kind of the Packer way. And uh, the fiscally sound is just killer as a fan. That's yeah. awesome. I'd rather go in the toilet for a few years and get a ring. Or at least at least sniff a Super Bowl and not get spanked in an NFC championship or lose the special teams. Or, I, I look at you know, or maybe have the suspense of knowing. I appreciate the phone call, man. We're running up against it a bit. Great call. People bringing it. Great call. Uh, at least this is going to sound really stupid, but I'm going to say it. At least having the Do suspense it. of knowing this is your last chance to win something and knowing you're going to be screwed in the future, <laughs> I think would lead to more success. But no, I, all jokes aside... He's right. There is a, it feels like an attitude. They are really good at being really good, but they're bad at being great. Oh, did you, are you quoting Bill Huber? Maybe. No. So at the the end of his piece that was, I think Monday night, it said the Packers are really good at being really good. They're terrible at being great. Yes. And I think that sums it up well. Yeah. That's where I saw it. Shout out to Bill Huber. Thank you for the proper credit. I remember. That's a bar. uh, I was. Reading that piece. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. I, I don't know. And it's tough because it's not like you can make decisions going into next year, right? Like, Rodgers is here. You have to still try to find the best way to build the roster around him and surround Matt LaFleur or whoever with the best coaches. Normally, right, you look across the NFL, the Colts bring in Matt Ryan and, and they trade for him, they pay him all this money, and Matt Ryan sucks. And they yeah. benched him because they can because he's freaking mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. And now they mm-hmm. can make a decision to move off him and go a different way. Packers cannot do that. So who do, who do you think the Colts quarterback will be next year? Ooh, like Sam Darnold. Like, hmm. Every time I watch a, a good quarterback get bad, I love seeing the tweets that it's like 2023 Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Carson Wentz. In the, yeah. Bring him back. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. That's interesting. 877-867-1670. We'll get back to the phones when we return. A lot to get to. Aaron Rodgers' comments on the deadline. You'll hear those as well. Some college football thoughts. Fantasy football coming up at noon. Our guy Paul Charchian will join us. So much more. 877-867-1670. Join the show if you want to. Back to the phones next. It's the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.